co-host Marcelo Pico of Hey What You're Watching here to talk to you before I uh, I let you listen to the new episode. Uh, we had some technical issues with this episode about 30 minutes in, um, roughly when we ended our Tim Burton discussion. Uh, there was a an issue with my recorder and my backup recorder. They both stopped working. So I thought for a second there while recording this that we had lost about 30 minutes worth of of conversation. But luckily, uh, our guest this week had his recorder recording everything. So, uh, but the only issue is in that segment, in, in that 30 minute stretch in the middle, uh, the quality is not great. It sounds like uh, Matt and I are talking out of a tin can while our guest Alex sounds pretty crisp and clear. So, yes, there's a dip uh, about 30 minutes in, like I said, after the Burton discussion. Uh, but then uh, we come back and we sound a bit better. Um, and I, I, do, I do mention it about an hour in. Um, uh, I kind of repeat what I just said about an hour in, but hey, it's, it's podcast recording. I guess sometimes it happens. But luckily, we have about uh, an hour and 45 minutes worth of of episode, rather than just about an hour. So, here you go. Without further ado, here's episode 40 of Hey What You're Watching. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 40, Podcast of Darkness, and I'm your host, Matt Curione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your other co-host, Marcelo Pico. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty damn good today. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, pot- pretty, pretty, pretty good. A good day to podcast. A good, a good, hard. a good. I was gonna say that a good day to podcast hard. That's that's the name of a future episode. So uh, uh, I don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> no, don't. I never want to watch that movie ever again. Uh, no, uh, you should do it when you're on vacation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, thank you. It's a joke for anybody who has seen that movie, and I know because he says it about eighteen thousand times in that movie. I don't know why we're starting on this. This is a bad foot to start on. Okay. That's a bad movie. That's a very bad movie. So what have you been up to, Matt? <laughs> I've been watching a lot of movies because, uh, fun fact, October started a few days ago, and it is full-on spooky season, folks. At least one of us kept our promise. Uh, I Did I make that promise? I did, did, we made a gentleman's agreement. When was this? Was this over Twitter? Was this a Twitter DM? Yes, this was a gentleman's agreement. I think where if, uh, we were going to watch horror movies and nothing but. And I kept no, my promise because mm, you know it's October. No, okay, okay. Let's go back, okay, to that conversation. And hey, folks, I'm glad I'm glad you're listening to this because this is all inside <laughs> inside baseball with me and Matt. This is our it's new all se- inside Lewin Davis. This is our new segment, inside baseball with Matt Lewin and Marcelo. Uh, so. I didn't. I I for sure did not promise anything. I said I you would. You said you would try. Yes, trying is different. You from, have 
failed me. <laughs> trying is different. Even try. From even try. Trying is different from making a promise. So I am trying to watch horror movies, okay? But it just so happens I my viewing habits are just not not in line with it's uh, one as refined as yours, Matt. So yeah, I I haven't haven't watched that many horror movies this week. You should watch a lot of horror movies all weeks of October because that's what we do. <laughs> I'm glad you're here to carry that torch. Use the hashtag. I I don't see anybody using the hashtag, but just in case people want to use it, it's hashtag HeyCast Spooky Season. Or just hashtag spooky season. Or whatever no. you decide. Well, a lot of other people use that on Twitter. Like, that's kind of a... Well, they're going to be receiving a letter from my lawyer. <laughs> you don't have the the they legal rights. cease and desist. I do. I invented it. Did you invent spooky season? It's... I don't think you did. Of course. No, I invented spooky season. <laughs> what is that? You, you, you've said that before on the show, and I don't understand that reference. It's just... What? What? Spoopy? It's just a spoopy ghost. It's like there was. Hey, quiet over there! You haven't been introduced, you haven't been introduced yet. Is quiet. that is that a ghost? Is that a ghost bat? I think it's spoopy ghost. It's a spoopy ghost. Oh no, we're haunted. Welcome to the haunted podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We go to every haunted house in America and tell you all about it. I think this is the third podcast we've been haunted by. It's very creepy. But uh, what am I saying? Okay. Hashtag HeyCast Spooky Season. <laughs> I've, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag Marcelo Try Harder. I have seen at least one film that I could classify as not necessarily horror, but it has horror elements, which we'll discuss in a bit. Okay. And another one I will say is, is, is kind of horrific in a way. Um, okay. And another one that is kind of uh, it told the future ten years ago, and the results are frightening. So th- there you go. At least three films with that's a, that's, that's a stretch. <laughs> <but> okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of films, we'll be discussing on the show. I think Matt, it's time for your patented riddle corner. Yes, Matt's riddle corner, where I try to fool the audience. Okay. First up, we're going to be talking about t- uh, Tim Burton's X Men. And then we're going to be talking about a little kitty cat. And then we're going to talk about a whole bunch of holy mackerel. And then we're going to talk about a uh, burn victim who murders people in their sleep. And then we're going to talk about uh, 12 hours of night where you can do whatever the hell you want. Then we're going to talk about a bunch of idiots in the government. And then we're going to talk about a car accident. And then a man with a jack-o'-lantern for a head. And then a movie by an evil person. (laughs) And and then we're going to talk uh, some John Carpenter. And then we're going to talk uh, some Kevin Smith horror movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's There you go. So, the, yeah, those are quick riddles, Matt. Um, yes. So, now, moving forward. Hey, this is episode 40. I know, right? Jesus. It's, it's, it's a big one. So, why not get a, a big guest? A big returning guest. Yeah. Um, this, this guest has been gone for 30 episodes. Now he's back for 40. He was on episode... Crazy. Episode ten of Hey, What You Watching? Uh-huh. We were little babies back then. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, and actually, oh, I mean, I have the form up. The, the, the it's actually a spreadsheet of our past episodes. Matt, he was actually our first guest on the Hey, What You Watching podcast. Oh, yeah, because for the first uh, few episodes, we were solo, right? Yeah, which is you and I. And imagine hearing that show, folks. That's uh, I'm sure the audio quality is terrible because since then I have updated my um, 
equipment like tenfold. Uh, I, I got a, a MacBook. I got a brand new microphone since then. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was recorded two microphones ago, so that was a while ago. Yeah, oh man, uh, it it was a while ago. And now, for episode 40, uh, we're fortunate enough to have him back. Uh, Matt, who's our guest this week? His name is Alex Miller. He's a film writer for Battleship Pretension, and he's also a upcoming writer for TalkFilmSociety.com. Uh, you heard it here, for, here for, uh, first here, folks. Yeah, that's a sentence. That's a sentence I just said. Uh, Alex, how the hell are you? I am great. Thank you so much for that awesome, excellent, loving intro, and it's an honor and a pleasure to be back again with you guys for a Hallmark episode 40. Yes, episode 40. Thank you, Alex, for coming on. Um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I just really want to reveal, Matt, like, it's... <laughs> Alex uh, was... Is, is a great person for filling in for a guest who had a drop out this week. So it, yes. it's, it's just happenstance that he, he so happens to be... Because he because our our other guest had to go to sports ball. <laughs> Fucking sports. You either pick sports or movies. There's no in-between here. There's choice there, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Uh, but yes, uh, f- we're, for- we're fortunate enough to have Alex on for this special episode. So yes, Matt... Was Alex on for uh to to uh oh, no episode ten was episode ten was way before get to know ya yeah well, do you remember Matt when we got to know our guests like was it around yeah, um oh yeah he was uh he was in the BC times we didn't have uh, any uh, interview segments on the show back then what 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 did we do we just like dived into the the, the yeah, we dived we, we we dove in we didn't have riddle corner we didn't have any such thing yeah that was those are crazy times um but i don't even think we had plugs <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure we had plugs that's something that's always been there <laughs> nah, we just ended the show it was just dead air and then you know people like would, would check their phones be like is that show still on but no it wouldn't it would just you know go to something else it's an abrupt ending and like five minutes of dead air yes that's how we ended yeah. those shows back and then, then michael buffer screams at you <laughs> i don't what does that mean he just screams michael why? buffer why why would he scream because that name just popped into my head <laughs> It's Michael Buffer. Do you know who he is? I know who he is, but your joke does not make any Most sense. People, it's not. It's it's a non sequitur. It's not supposed to make sense. It's just <laughs> a random thought. Even non sometimes I just sometimes I just say things, Marcelo. I don't. They don't have to make sense. It makes. I think non sequiturs have to make just a tiny bit of sense. Michael Buffer <laughs> makes no sense. Ah, because at the end of the show, he says, let's get ready to rumble instead of the beginning. Oh, God. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sometimes subverting his catchphrase in, as, as an ending instead of a beginning. You're a catchphrase revisionist, is what you are. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, 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 I'm so tired. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so upset at Matt right now for, for bringing up Michael Buffer. <laughs> I'm losing it. I swear, Matt. Why don't we get to know? The real question. The real question is: Is Alex ready to rumble? We're gonna get to know you. <laughs> oh, I was born ready. I hope. Do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. I ask this of a lot of guests, uh, and I'll ask it to you now, uh, Alex. What is the first movie you remember seeing in a theater? First movie I remember seeing in a theater. It's either a toss-up between Jurassic Park or that shitty Huckleberry Finn movie with uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Wow! Oh, I remember wow! That. That's crazy. <laughs> I've seen that movie. Yeah, so have I. I. I only think about it when that question comes up. 
<laughs> I can't remember what it was called. I think it was just called, like, Huckberry or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Not Huckle, just Huckberry. Had, there was another one that had Elijah Wood, right? Yeah, that might have been it. Let me, I'm going to look this up. I should, I should yeah, know I, this, after all. It's my... I think he played, like, Huck Finn one time, right? Yeah. Yeah, this... yeah, yeah I gave some kids, like a like, a doorknob for an engagement ring or something weird. Like that, I don't remember. That. This all sounds familiar. No, I don't remember that. Have I huh. have I ever mentioned that like my first film I saw in a the theater was Flipper, starring Elijah Wood? No, you haven't. What? Yeah. Uh, and, and um, what's his name? Paul Hogan. Yeah, Paul Hogan. Yeah, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. So that was my first. I think that was '96. Oh wow! Oh. But my what I like to tell people, um, my first what my first was is a uh, star Wars, the special edition in 97. So, okay. I don't, but uh, it's actually, but it, it, it's actually flipper flipper. Yeah. So all that a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. I don't think he says that to flipper in flipper. Oh, I see you've played knifey spoony before. I was the adventure puck Finn. Okay. All right. That's uh, one with Elijah Wood. It's the one with, uh, do, 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 uh, Elijah Wood, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, okay. Interesting. 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 Flipper. He's a dolphin and everyone's friends with him. Uh, okay, uh, Marcelo, do you have a question? Yes. Alex. Yes. Okay. Um, if you were to marathon a film franchise uh, in a theater or at home, which would you want to marathon? Ooh, franchise. That's a tough one. Let me think here. Or I, I could say... Uh, that's an easy one. The original Star Wars trilogy, man. Okay, yeah. So, Seven oh, yeah, that's a good one. But here, here's the thing, Alex. Would you do the trilogy or... In this crazy question, I'd say... If you were to do Star Wars, Alex, you would have to do all seven. Could you do that? Oh, that's rough. I can't just, like, close my <laughs> eyes and, like, plug my ears for the other one. <laughs> that's, that's the crazy loophole in this scenario. Like... This franchise, oh, you have to marathon. You have to watch all of them. A conundrum. Uh, and this is coming. Yeah. This is coming from somebody who actually did that last year. I watched all seven, and I, and I don't regret it. it uh, you know anyway. what? Then I will soldier through the those other three things, and and for for the other four. Okay, fair enough. Things. Those three <laughs> things. things. <laughs> those abominations. Matt, what about you? Uh, Planet of the Apes. Ooh, now okay. So you have to. I watch... would love to watch. I would watch the original five. Yeah. I would. I would take a nap during Tim Burton's movie, <laughs> and then I would watch the uh, two recent ones that came out. Yeah. That's that's a hell of a hell of a marathon. I I would love. That'd to... be a great day. I I love the original series, so that would be an awesome day. I do too. I yep. I love all all five of them. Those or original five, and yeah, those these last two were really great. Yeah, they are, and I can't wait for the new one. Yeah, I can't wait. I don't know what it's called. Uh, War, it War of the of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, cool. War of the Planet. War. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Sweet. And what about you, Marcel? I would do the Friday the Thirteenth movies. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun indeed. Because I especially especially with a crowd. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, each each kill would get like a round of applause. Oh, I know, and people would be yelling out like special lines and stuff like from certain movies. Oh boy, 
be amazing. And I, I need yeah. to I need to actually see some that I think I missed. Like I I don't I don't think I've seen the fifth one. What was, um, what was the worst one? What was that one about, Matt? That was uh, the the copycat killer. It wasn't even Jason. Yeah, I think there's a reason why I didn't see it. Yeah, uh, and then did you see Jason versus Carrie? Yes. Yes. He fights the psychic girl. Yes, I saw that. Well, they one couldn't. Sure. They couldn't. They wanted to get the rights to Carrie, but they couldn't get the rights. So they just oh, had no. random psychic girl. How? Oh, how would that have worked? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Matt, but I would have watched that. Give me an answer to this question. How would they have just brought Carrie back to life? Yeah, of course. Okay, that's all I want to know. Yeah. 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 Hey, Matt. Do how, you else, have... how, how do they bring you know Jason back to life every movie? You get struck by lightning. That's how you would bring Carrie back to life. <laughs> lightning does so much in horror. It's it's a magical element that just you know can give life. If it can give electricity, fuck it. Why not life and a bunch of other crazy shit? <laughs> no need. Exactly. Do you have another question for Alex, Matt? I have one more question because it is spooky season. Uh, Alex, what's your favorite horror movie? Oh man, you got to hit me with a big one. Um, movie. Uh, Ah, let's see. It's gonna be a classic, like, like Shining or Caliber, a classic. You know, I would say it's a toss-up between The Shining and uh, The Exorcist. I'd have to say. I just, I love those two movies. They made a huge impression on me. I was young, and um, they're terrific. Interesting. Shining. I'm going with The Shining. Good pick. Good pick. Did did it celebrate its anniversary this past week? Uh, I think so. Recently, yeah, and uh, if you live in the U.S., uh, towards the last week of October, the, it's being released to theaters nationwide for a week. Sweet. Uh, through Fathom Events, so you'll be able to see it at your local AMC. Yes. Awesome. I saw a preview for it at a Tinseltown Cinemark. There's, uh, I think that was playing at Cinemark. I don't, I don't know. what. Oh, cool. Whatever they're doing, it's, it's at your local theaters. Check your local listings, folks. Do that. Yeah, I'll be going to see that. That'll yeah. be a really fun time. And I was wrong about the anniversary. It apparently came out May 23rd of 1980. Uh, oh, jeez. It, 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 it would make sense that it come out in October, but hey. Yeah, I, it would. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, screw that. Anyway. Uh, I think, Marcelo, you've answered this before, but what's your favorite horror movie? Yeah, I did. It. Uh, I think I... Mm, I think it, before I had said uh, Peter Jackson's uh, Dead Alive, Brain Dead. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. I did. I did say that. Good, yeah, but it, in terms of like, I mean, horror. I mean, pure horror movie. That one, one that really freaks me out. I think it, it is The Shining. But uh, if if I want like a pure fun answer, it'd be Brain Dead, Dead Alive. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. So and and Matt, what about you? Aside from Alien, oh, I don't. I don't. Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. Aside from Alien, maybe Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Oh yeah, the, oh, yeah. I think the first one just is just one of the best. It's, it's a terrific movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and we'll be talking about it later. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. Uh, one more question, Marcella. Uh, yeah, sure. So, Alex, um, ah, this is uh, maybe I don't have another question. Let me let me think of one. Um, well, we have to now. We can't lead up and not do it. <laughs> I mean, I do have all the power oh. since I am the editor, and I can just cut this out, but um, Alex, <laughs> let's see if I can pull one out of my ass. Um, what is your f- what is your favorite <laughs> sound- 
What is your favorite sound effect in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Effect in a movie. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about like a sound effect, like like foley effects, I would have to go with that like glug glug noise that they use in like old timey, you know, like you know, like Three Stooges or something when they're drinking like a big bottle. They're like. Glug, 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 glug. That, that's a great sound effect. There you go. See, not yeah. not a ridiculous question, Matt. <laughs> I don't have an answer to this question. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. It, you have to think about it. Think about the Foley stage. Oh yeah, I don't have an answer. No. See, I the the, the one that came to mind okay, is like. The, oh, go ahead. The the sound of the uh, airlock doors closing in Aliens, in the second one. Okay, that like that that weird like door sound that they stole and used in that game Doom. (laughs) I I like that that sound. I like the uh, the I'm gonna go with the classic and just say the lightsabers from Star Wars. Okay, yeah, that was all original sound recording. They didn't use any Foley effects for that. That was all. Yeah. Yeah, they had to invent sounds for that movie. <laughs> we had to invent our noises. It was crazy. Crazy times. So, I Matt, I think we got to know our guest. We finally did. We he's been an enigma did. for 30 episodes, now, now we know him. Now he's back. Wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a banana leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wrapping things up, let's wrap up that segment and go to our next segment. In which we discuss which the meat. It's the meat. It's the films we've watched in the last week. Yeah. So, what did we watch, Matt? Uh, you and I both went to the movies, not together. No, but we not went to at the all. movies, and uh, we saw Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, the new Tim Burton movie. Uh, what'd you think of it? Me, I, you, the... <laughs> me, <laughs> I, for the most part, liked it. It's yeah. it it's it's a fine movie. Uh, this is the first Burton movie I've seen in a while that I was not upset by. So there's that. What's the last <laughs> uh, Tim Burton movie you saw? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the last new Burton movie I saw oh, was it? Oh God, I actually have to pull up his filmography. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you an answer here quick. Um, okay. But my guess right now is like, uh, was it? Oh, Alice in Wonderland. That piece uh, of shit. Uh, that's his. That's you. You mean his worst movie? Yeah, that's. I was angry at the end of that movie. I was angry. Well, you should be. I. Because it's garbage. I got in a f- not not in a physical fight. I got in a verbal fight with somebody after that movie. Uh, somebody who really. W- friends, quote-unquote friends, people who I hung around with at that time, we all went to see this, and, of course, I'm like... Hooligans? Yeah. At the end of it, I was like, that movie fucking sucked. What what a piece of shit. And they're like, no, man. You would have been right. They're like, no, man, it's it's actually good. Like, have you not seen the original Alice in Wonderland? I go, (laughs) whether I'd seen it or not... It's still a bad movie. Like, wh- wh- why? Why? <laughs> it, it, it's like those people who are like, "Hey, you you don't understand it because you don't know the source material." Like, 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 like that fucking matters. <laughs> it's that, that, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a bad movie. So, 
when people are like, you just don't get it, man. Like, no, fuck off. A bad movie is a bad movie. I don't care how faithful or great it is. You might think it is based because, you know, of the book or, you know, the references it makes. It, it can still suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I and that hate, movie definitely sucks. I hate that it movie. It totally sucks, yeah. And just so when you said a fight with someone that automatically means you were there with someone who thought it was good <laughs> or else there'd be no yeah. fight yeah um I don't talk to that person anymore so that's there's oh, that good. Um, I uh, look, looking through his filmography. I forgot that he. I always forget he he did uh, Frankenweenie, the feature from t- 2012. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's I don't know. I it's fine. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say I like it, but it's I'm nonplussed about it. So there's there's that. So yeah, but this this hey, I by the end of it, I was in. I was into it. Had some. Yeah, I had a really good time. Had some nice little uh, uh, moments, and it's like Matt. What is this movie about? I what? How would you describe uh, it? It's Tim Burton's X Men. <laughs> I knew you. <laughs> that, that's how it, it's 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 Tim Burton making an X Men movie. I mean, there's one part in the movie where, actually, out loud, I uh, when when they're uh, when the bad guys are going to be going at after the school, I actually said, you know, I feel a great deal of pity for whoever comes to my school looking for trouble. Uh, the Patrick Stewart line from X Men. I mean. <laughs> This is Tim Burton's X-Men. It's kid goes to a new school uh, in England, and all these kids have weird, weird. I'll say it, peculiar powers. Uh, like one kid can spit out bees for some reason. One girl can fly. Uh, another girl has a mouth in the back of her head because she's a weirdo. Uh, there's a super strong girl. Uh, one girl can like make things go on fire by touching them. It's an X-Men movie, and it's <laughs> one of the best X-Men movies I've ever seen. See... As because you've been saying that people have been making jokes about that uh, all the way through its release and now but I legit think it, <laughs> but I th- I think it's a it it's a disservice to this movie which I like calling it an X Men movie because for me anyway the X Men franchise is just a steaming pile of garbage so yes this, well, you'd be wrong but it's okay no no X Men Apocalypse one of those worst movies I've seen this year blockbusters anyway um and yeah i i i i can wait for logan because i'm sure that's gonna be bad too but this is this actually has last one was good no this one though this this miss peregrine's home for peculiar children that is actually pretty good i, I was uh, burton's x-men yeah yes. <laughs> i was <laughs> there's some good emotional <laughs> there's some good emotional beats and there's time travel involved actually this does time travel better than X Men: Days of Future Past, but <laughs> well, yeah, it does. Yeah, I just realized that. Oh, that's- yeah, <laughs> but there's eyeball eating. There's a nod to um, yeah, it's gross. It, it, there's a nod to oh god, what's what's the stop motion artist? Uh, Ray Harryhausen, right? Ray Harryhausen, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a skeleton fight with some monsters. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's it's pretty damn enjoyable by the end. So yes. Um, Screw you, X Men. I think is what I'm trying to say. This this is actually some pretty good fun. And plus, this Skeleton one has Sam Jackson in it as the villain. Yeah, Sam Jackson Wait, plays a pretty good villain. Huh? What did you say? I'm sorry. Well, I was saying if you have a skeleton fight, you're you're already knocked up. A, you're already bumped up a peg. But I, I was just kind of no. thinking like. So the girl with the mouth in the back of her head, is it like, you know, are they fighting the bad guy and, like, one of them spitting bees at him, the other one's setting him on fire, and it's like, hey, Shelly, eat a pretzel in the corner backwards. 
Oh no, she bites <laughs> someone. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's 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 cool. The powers are cool. Sam Jackson's a cool villain. Uh, Terrence Stamp is awesome in this. I love Terrence Stamp. Yeah, then you should go see this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just got the hit, and you know, I, yeah, I, it's good. I love Terrence Stamp. So yeah. yeah. And Ava, and Ava Green is uh, wonderful, as always, as she always is. Oh, oh, and Judy Dench, fantastic in this movie. Oh, that's she's right. in it for a little bit, and and she's awesome. Excellent. Uh, Alex, let me ask you this: What is your favorite Tim Burton movie? Ooh, Tim Burton is like one of those. He's great, but he's like I feel like um, I might get a little lofty here, but. Uh, I feel like he's like that kid that you knew like your freshman year and you guys were like best friends and he was so cool. And then like he just kind of like outgrew you and started hanging out with like douchebags and making crappy movies. And uh, that's kind of how I feel about him because, you know, <laughs> like, Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, I mean, the Batman movies, they're all so goddamn cool. And they just have this like brand of this restless, erratic, crazy guy who's unlike anyone else. And then he just started making weird 3D bobblehead bullshit for years on end and breaking our hearts but um my favorite Tim Burton movie I'd say is actually Ed Wood I love Ed Wood I've seen that probably more than any of his other movies oh yeah I love that movie I think that might be my favorite oh actually Batman Returns it's it's like a tie it's close Batman Returns is up there too yeah um but Ed Wood you get you get such affection for such a weird figure of in cinema in itself in himself and uh but you just get that like Burton twist where everything's just a little off and a little baroque in a weird macabre way. It's it's such a fun, weird, spooky, sad, beautiful movie. Well, I, I think we've talked about this before. What's 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 your favorite Tim Burton? Uh, it's basically a three way tie. They're all they're all fighting for first place. Uh, you, you know, you've already said two of them: Ed Wood and Batman Returns. Uh, but Beetlejuice. Oh, I oh, love yeah. Beetlejuice. I know. I've seen Beetlejuice that. is wonderful. Do you know? Do you know what's funny, Matt? Like, okay, I, 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 as previously mentioned, I may not have watched many horror movies as of late in October. But one thing I have been doing is playing the Beetlejuice soundtrack over and over and over. <laughs> like from October, it's so good. From October, oh, a- October first till now till today, I've just been playing it on, like just for, like just as, as uh, just to get me in the spirit, just to get me in the mood. Because it's it's a fantastic score. It works. Yeah. it works every time. I mean, what I it, it may be my favorite Denny Elfman Burton score, uh, maybe. But there's also Batman and mine might be mine might be uh, Edward Scissorhands. Oh god, I need to rewatch Edward. I love the score for Edward Scissorhands. You watch that movie. Um, but Danny Elfman did, didn't do the score for this, did he? Miss Peregrine. No, but it sounded like him, which was yeah, weird. Yeah, it did. I was like, but this isn't him. But this isn't him. anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. But yes, pretty good movie. Uh, you listeners should go check it out. It's a good time. It's the number one movie in America. Oh, it is. It is. Oh wow. Burn. I mean, the movie has its it it has its issues, but I mean, I liked it. Yeah. Same same here. It has its issues. It's not perfect, but I yeah. Like I I feel that it starts off slow. It's got a slow beginning, and there's a couple weird music choices. But uh, other than that, I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, Alex watched a movie about a kitty cat. Meow. Tell us about the black cat. cat. The black cat, not the Lucio Fulci one, but um, the uh, the 1930s one with um, 
two of Universal's most famous of famous monsters, uh, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. Um, wow. Directed by Edward, Edward G. Ulmer. Um, I had gotten a documentary about him at that awesome record store I was telling you about, Spinnaker in Hyannis, Massachusetts, if you ever go there. It's fantastic. Um, and it was called Edward G. Ulmer, The Man Off Screen, or some generic title as such. Um, and it just got me really fired up about his work, and um, it being Halloween and everything, I was like, hey, why not rewatch The Black Cat? And it's just as terrific as I remember. It's a, it's a, it's a bonkers, scary, weird, twisted movie, and it's got Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, like, at the height of their game. It's it's a terrific film. Yeah, this is one I have to see. This is also one that I have to see. It's one of the early uh, Universal Monster movies, uh, like, one of their horror pictures, and it's, sadly, I have not seen this one. Yeah, it's terrific. I would, uh, I yeah, wholeheartedly recommend it, and almost guarantee that you'll like it. You get so much from it. I mean, Again, Lugosi and Karloff on the same screen. That's a selling point right there. But not only are they together, but they are just killing it. It is so good. And Energy Ulmer is just one of those guys who could make miracles with nothing. He was always like a B-movie, low-budget type of mm-hmm. director. But um, every dollar's on the screen, and it's all gold. It, it all looks terrific. And um, it's a twisted movie, man. It's uh, it's messed up. <laughs> yeah, I got to see this. It, 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 it looks really cool. It's... I'm, I've always wanted to see it. I just got to track it down. Yeah, it's pretty. It's um, it's not too hard to come by. It should be on streaming services and such. Cool. Yeah. So that one, I will not promise I'll see during spooky season. At least watch something. <laughs> At least watch something. I'll watch something. So okay. the black cats. Well, All spe- right. Speaking of things I've watched. I finally watched a movie you've been talking about recently, Matt. Holy mackerel. <laughs> That's right. It's De Palma. The yes. documentary. The documentary De Palma. Woo. I finally saw it, and yes, I. how can you not love this man? This I mean, man. If you, if you like even one Brian De Palma movie, you will like this movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but... but but be warned, and this is something I think Matt you talked about last week. Um, uh, it does spoilers spoil, <laughs> yeah. It, it spoils a few of De Palma's movies, and I, I'm glad I've watched enough of De Palma yeah. movies to to like just be be like, okay, you know, I, I'm fine. I, I'm trying to think of one that I hadn't seen. Oh, I haven't seen. Um, oh gosh, uh, Michael J. Fox, Sean Penn. Oh, uh, uh, Casualties, Casualties of War. War. Yeah. 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 That, that's like the biggest one that they covered that I hadn't seen. Yeah. So. Well, and like the early but, ones, like Greetings and Hi Mom, like you can't even really spoil those. They're so freewheeling and, and shit. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you're a fan of De Palma, then you have it. This is essential. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's essential. He, he goes into uh, little factoids, little stories. Uh, behind almost every single one of his films, um, I wish he spent like five minutes talking about Passion because I love that movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I he gotta spend, watch that. I he spends like that. he spends like a sentence talking about it, which is kind of a shame. Like, he's like, "Yeah, that movie happened." Next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's uh, it's so good. There are just way too many stories 
in that that are just worthwhile. Just hearing him go on and on about him, and and you and you get to know about uh, his background, his his friends at the you know in the seventies he was friends with uh, Francis Ford Coppola, you know Spielberg, like they they were there, like kind of like helping him out, and of course. If you don't know already, like he was, uh, he was auditioning for for Carrie at the same exact time that Lucas was auditioning people for Star Wars. So you see yeah. footage of, yeah. of um, uh, I think Harrison Ford auditioning for Carrie. Yeah, it, 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 they show all that footage, and it, it all these behind the scenes stories just make this whole documentary worthwhile. Like, sure, it's a lot of fun. It's it. it, it like wait, Matt, where would you? Where is this on your top ten right now? Uh, of the year? Yeah. Uh, give me one moment, please. As you look it up, <laughs> you threw me off. You threw me off guard. Jesus. I always tend to do that, Matt. It's at number. It's at number. It, it's at number six. Number six. Oh, oh, wow. It's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it, it's going to be hard Sand, for me to rate. It's, it's sandwiched right in between Cafe Society and The Shallows, so that's Ooh. what my year looks like. <laughs> it, that like instantly went in my top ten without argument. I haven't placed it yet. I just I just threw it in there. Just dethroned uh, uh, Thomas Winterberg's A Commune. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no contest there. Um, I mean, in this movie's just terrific in every way. Um, you get so much about Brian De Palma and like they do sidestep a few of his, I guess, lesser efforts, but I mean, they spend time on everything from the dinner party to redacted and everything in between. And, um, yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah. Um, so folks listening, if you've been listening to the last three episodes, this, (laughs) you've been been listening all summer. Yeah. Yeah. Basically we've been having a a De Palma year on this podcast. So, (laughs) Um, just a friendly reminder, De Palma is one of the best, and this documentary is worth checking out. I'm glad I finally saw it. It's on it's on streaming. Well, it's on VOD. I bought it. Yeah. I rented it through Amazon. I didn't buy it. Um, I Here's the thing about this movie. The Blu-ray has no special features, Aww, which is, which is a shame. Of, it's, it's upsetting to me. Like, sure, this... Some people online have said this essentially is like just a behind-the-scenes special feature, uh, you know, stretched to feature length. But it's—I don't know—I would have loved to have seen like outtakes or, you know, more archival video or something. Well, give me something like, with a documentary like this. You know, there's stuff they cut out and conversations they had that just didn't make it in there. You know, there's more interview footage yeah. in there, like. Well, there actually, like there actually is. If you go to the uh, the Criterion for Blowout, uh-huh. uh, the, ex- the, ex- the extended Blowout conversation is on that Blu-ray. Oh, cool. All right. That's what that is. Yeah. Uh, really so, yeah, so I, I would love to have this, uh, but I'll just wait till the Blu-ray is, is a little cheaper because it's like eight, 18 bucks or something right yeah. now. But anyway. Yeah. That's just my my disappointment in uh, no special features and me wanting to have it, but I don't want to own it digitally. That's my only thing. I, I I'm not there yet. I, I, you I have it on your shelf. Yeah, someone on my shelf. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that, that was De Palma. Speaking of De Palma, one yeah, of us Alex watched a really good De Palma movie. What did you watch, Alex? Dress to Kill. Yeah. Great, great segue. Um, this has like been the title holder. As, like, my favorite De Palma movie, and rightfully so. It is just so damn good. 
Um, and uh, I, I guess a little background. Um, one of the reasons why I started the, the Criterion Predictions column was that me and my friend Josh, were, we were always hanging out at the record store, you know, years and years ago. And we were always, you know, on our high horse and, like, you know, saying, like, oh, Criterion should put this out and, oh, Criterion should put this out. We're so smart. Um, and Dress to Kill, <laughs> Blowout, um, and a lot of these movies, you know, and, like, these, I never thought I would get to see Dress to Kill or Blowout, you know, get a spine number. And um, now that they are, it's like, a, you know, it's pretty wild to me that it's that we've come this far. And, um, and that's got something to do with it. But, uh, otherwise, I mean, this movie is just so good. It's basically, it's De Palma being like, you know, this might sound like hyperbole or cliche, but it's like De Palma full throttle, you know, with wearing his influences on his sleeve, but he's not imitating Hitchcock in other instances where he does a little more so, um, like, like body double or what have you. It's very much his yeah. own. It's very much like De Palma's psycho, but you really can't sell it as that because it's so farther from that, you know, original conceit. It's a terrific film. And, I mean, Jesus Christ, you have Michael Caine and uh, Dennis Franz and Nancy Allen, who's at her. The Franz! The I Franz. love the Franz! So, wow, you go screwing psychos around here, huh? You know, he's such a <laughs> skeezer. Oh, my God, I love it. And that elevator scene. But yeah, uh, Oh, oh, that oh, elevator sorry. scene with Pino Dinaggio's score is just, like, some of the best choreography of, of sound and image um, in anything, I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, currently this stands as my second favorite uh, De Palma film. So, yeah, I love it so much. I've talked about it on the show before, but, yeah, this movie uh, blew me away the first time I saw it, and it did the same thing the second time I saw it. So, yeah, I love Dress to Kill. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. Maybe I'll rewatch it this month for Spooky Season. It totally counts for Spooky Season, and I will be revisiting it for as such. <laughs> for as such. Yes. Speaking speaking of Spooky Season, somebody saw Nightmare, and I, I'm assuming I'm reading this off the off our little docket page. Yes. Nightmare One and Two is that Nightmare on Elm Street One and Two? It sure is. Uh, I watched uh, Wes Craven's classic. Uh, it's one of his best films, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, the year I was born. Yeah, I'm old, uh, just <laughs> like this movie. Um, outside of like, you know, it's a big special effects picture, and they did all this stuff practical. And outside of maybe like one or two like weird effects, uh, they still look really good. I mean, when Tina gets it uh, early on, uh, the way they did, like, the rotating room is oh, really man. cool. That was so freaky, yeah. Like, her just, like, writhing on the ceiling uh, like, as blood is gushing out of her stomach. Ah. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a really, like, strong image that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Um, Johnny Depp's first movie, uh, a lot of people know that. Uh, he was a nobody. He was, like, a little, like, teenager kid. Yeah. And then he did... Then he would, then he did the Wes Craven movie Nightmare on Elm Street and it launched his career. He got you know Twenty One Jump Street out of this. Uh, he got a, a Crybaby out of this. Uh, yeah, he went on to do uh, great things after this movie, and he's really good in this one too. Uh, it's just really weird looking at him in this movie and being like, oh wow, you're a you're a small child. Yeah, uh, look at you, here. Johnny Depp. <laughs> you're, you're a very small child in this movie. It's kind of weird. Uh, Heather Langenkamp is great. Uh, she's one of the best. Uh, Slasher movie heroines. Uh, I love the Nancy trilogy of nightmare movies. That's uh, 
this one, uh, the third one, Dream Warriors, and then uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, uh, which Wes Craven wrote all three of them. He didn't direct the third one, but uh, he wrote it. So that's a fun little thing. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Johnny Depp, I still think, has like the most gruesome death I've seen in a movie. Uh, he has so much blood. So there, much. there is just so much blood pouring into that room after that. Uh, they literally have to clean him up with a sponge. Oh, man. That's a rough scene. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And then I uh, let myself down a little bit. <clears throat> And I watched Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, The Case of the Cheap Birdseed. Uh, this this movie, um, it's okay. Uh, if you watch interviews with the filmmakers, uh, they had no idea about the homosexual subtext, uh, which makes me think that something's <laughs> wrong with them because it's not even subtext. It's just there. It's, it's on the screen. Text. Uh, I mean – it's it's all there. I mean, even one of the characters says it. He's like, you know, you got a girlfriend over at your house, but you want to sleep with me. I mean, like, <laughs> it's it's insane. Uh, and the girl actually looks like uh, like a low rent version of Meryl Streep. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I do like some of the things they added with this movie. I mean, they added that you know Freddy can possess people outside of dreams. That's cool for like the lore. Um, I like uh, the weird like whale song that they played whenever Freddie came on screen. I thought that was really creepy. Um, the whole, uh, there's a part where like Freddie like does a chest burster, like where he like sheds the skin of the main character. Like he comes out of his, his stomach and then like sheds this guy's skin and Freddie's walking around. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, but I'm really thankful that they didn't just do a copycat of the first one to do a sequel like a quick cash grab sequel. Cause this movie was, this came out like maybe like 10 months after the first one did like new line really like they were like, Oh, new, uh, nightmare one is making money. Let's get a sequel going right now. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, it's a fun movie. I enjoy it. It's, it's a good time. It's not a good movie. Um, but Hey, uh, cool Gallagher is awesome as the father in this. Uh, where there's a scene where oh that's right there's a bird yeah the bird yeah. the bird sets on the bird sets on fire and he starts blaming it on a gas leak and then he, he <laughs> yells at his wife he's like it's that damn cheap seed you've been buying <laughs> like it's it's the bird seed that did it folks it's the bird seed it's not it's not the the, the demon Freddy possessing our house no my wife bought cheap bird seed Even it's all her fault God damn it. Huh. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, but yeah, no, no uh, these two movies, uh, the first one's a masterpiece, the second one, not so much. And uh, <laughs> expect to hear more talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street series next week, because I will be watching a lot more of these. And I might be watching more as well. We shall see. Um, yes, hope you do. It, it's spooky season, so why not see all seven Nightmare on Elm Street movies, well, with the exception of... Uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, the Draft House. Yeah. The Draft House is doing a marathon in which the Alamo Draft House, the place where dreams are made. <laughs> Next some. week, not this weekend, uh, not the weekend of the 8th, but the weekend of the 16th, they're playing seven Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and I might go and watch them all. Uh, I'm very jealous. A, uh, yeah, I, I, I have to buy the ticket. I think I'm I'm this close to going. Do it. Um, I have the ticket. Do take it. the ride. And, and and Matt, if I do this, if I see seven nightmare movies 
back to back to back to back to back. Will this absolve me of all my sins of not watching enough horror movies for spooky season? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Be, you can't give me a Maybe. guarantee. <laughs> Maybe. It would be uh, less of an endurance than sitting through the, uh, the Star Wars prequels <laughs> that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> I, I mentioned this off Oh, these my... Nightmare sequels are like light years better than the, the Star Wars prequels. Oh, yeah. I've only even the worst, seen... Even the worst both... Nightmare movie is better than like, you know, episode one. Yeah, watching Etch's Sketch in slow motion is better than episode one. <laughs> I've only seen a New Nightmare and three-fourths of the first Nightmare on Elm Street. So oh, I, oh, I've only seen yeah. bits and parts of the other ones on cable TV through the last however many years. So, yeah. I got homework to do. I got homework to do. I wish they were doing Friday the 13th, uh, yeah. like I mentioned yeah. earlier. I would love to make sit a, down and watch all those. Make a weekend out of it. Now, would I, you get uh, alcohol poisoning if you made a drinking game out of it and uh, like took a shot every time he says bitch? Yeah, you would probably die every time. <laughs> every time Freddy says "bitch," Jesus. So speaking of, nope, there's no segue there. Yeah, no, uh, no, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> speaking of murdering, uh, <laughs> the Purge. Who saw the Purge? Two and what? What are these called? Uh, pur. They have semi. They have colon something. Uh, uh, purge anarchy and purge election year. Bingo. You win, Matt. You win. <laughs> do I? You do. You, Alex, you get... Tell, <laughs> Go ahead. tell Matt, us about The Purge, Matt please. won, but I lost because I watched those movies. Um, are, are they really oh, bad? No. no. Two, two, I remember being good. That's the one I saw. Well, so, like, I saw the first Purge, and I remember thinking, like, okay, it's a cool concept. I feel like they kind of, like, soft-pedaled it. So more people would like, you know, make it a little more digestible and stuff. It's a cool idea when you read it. It sounds great, but they just don't really do anything interesting with these, with this awesome idea of, you know, you have like government intrigue and, uh, you know, counter-revolutionary groups and shit. And like, that sounds so cool, but like they put it on screen and it's just like the saccharine limp little like movie about. You know, you're introduced to four or five people or something, and it's like, oh, I bet we don't get stranded before the purge. Oops. Flat tire. <laughs> it's like, come the fuck on. Oh, you're killing me. And then, you know, it's like, what do I get? I get uh, We get a, a car with Christmas lights listening to Miley Cyrus and these girls whining that they want to steal candy because they're going to shoot this shop owner. It's so dumb. Ugh, fuck the purge. These movies suck. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, I, I'm not being, ahead, I'm not being snotty or anything. I went into these like tr- like I really wanted to like them because like they sounded cool. I love you know political allegory and horror. That's what makes the genre, in my opinion. But goddamn, these were just stupid. Really dumb. I ask who is the star of um, the the second and third one? I guess I haven't seen the third one. Uh, but I've seen the oh, second one. I forget his name. He's a he's a guy who was, wasn't he in a Marvel movie? Was he a bad guy? In a, who am yeah. I talking about? Frank, Frank Grillo. Grillo. Frank Grillo. Was he in a Marvel I movie? I like that what? the second one had. Um, I can never remember his name. I always just call him Omar from The Wire, but um, he plays Omar in The Wire. 
<laughs> Frank Grillo was Crossbones in Civil War. And oh, okay. Then, oh, okay, and was yeah. Brock Rumlow. He was also in Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah I he, know him from that. I know him from The Grey. He was he was really good in that. Uh, oh, yeah. Michael K. Williams is who I'm thinking of. Um, and he is like the best part of the movie, and he's barely in it. And then he doesn't resurface in the third. It's stupid. Spoilers, I guess. I don't know if that's a spoiler. Does that count? A spoiler? Anyway. I don't think anybody cares about Purge spoilers at this point. Yeah, and it was like funny. Like we were watching it, and I was like, "This sucks," and we're gonna watch the third one. But like, you know, we just have to see it through. I guess you have to. You got to put your head down and power through it. Yep. That's a reference, uh, Matt. Have you seen any Purge movies? I haven't, but I have. You know, a sticker that says "I purged." <laughs> that's probably weirder than most of the scripts for the, all three movies. Tell that story you told, Matt, about you uh, getting $5 off uh, a Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. I wore my uh, I Purged sticker. Uh, It looks like an I Voted sticker, but I wore an I Purged sticker to uh, Target, uh, you know, because I had a bag of chips. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this uh, Blu-ray as well. Um, So I went to the self-checkout, and I rang up my Blu-ray for American Horror Story Hotel, and it rang up as $30. And I was upset because... I didn't realize that it was $30. I thought it was 25 but it turns out that's the DVD price. Um, but the, the woman who was working there, I was like, hey, this is the wrong price. And she's like, oh, my God, that's an awesome sticker. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to give it to you for the DVD price. Who cares? Have a nice day. So I got five bucks off. I was very happy. Awesome. So there you go, folks. If you want $5 off your next purchase of Target, put on an iPurge sticker. <laughs> yes. And, and there you go. It, it's something. And it might just work. It's something that they don't advertise in the weekly ad, but it's no, no it, it's 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 true. Do it, do it. Report hate, back. It's a, it's a Haycast special. Haycast special. Get five dollars off your next purchase of Targets with this Haycast offer. It's uh, actually get those get those iPurge stickers, folks. <laughs> it was funny because uh, one time I went to Target and um, <clears throat> they had a bunch of like Simpson seasons, and like one of them was sitting on the shelf. A part of the shelf that like said it was ten dollars, and then we went to ring it up, and it was actually fifteen. And I had like that little like, oh, I thought it was ten dollars. Face, yeah. And the and the cashier was sweet enough to just say, oh, okay, you stupid kid, here you go. Yeah. So, yeah okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah, I just made a sad face and then got a got a season seventeen of The Simpsons for ten bucks. <laughs> I, I did, they, I, they just love giving five dollars off coupons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're not trying to pretty, get people to defraud Target, but I I stopped buying Simpsons DVDs at fifteen. Like I, I'm like okay. <laughs> you mean season fifteen or at yes. fifteen? Season fifteen. <laughs> like your age of fifteen. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, season fifteen. There's like I'm this I'm done. A real question. <laughs> they didn't even have okay. How how. Uh, I'm not that old. Wait, I'm not that young. I don't understand the question. I don't, when I was, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to go on. How, how old was I when? Uh, what year was it when I, when I was 15? Now I'm trying to think. It was 2000. It was 2001. They oh, had DVDs. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. DVDs exist. Okay. Did. Fair enough. But I yeah, think so that was first, a good question. David. Okay. Fuck you. The, the the first Simpsons DVD set. <laughs> Wasn't released until 2004, I think. Yeah, and I, the first okay. season sucked yeah. on DVD. Um, they had like a dumb thing. You had to like press the menu button and it would like spin around as like a little puzzle. It was a pain in the ass. Yeah, but <laughs> at, 
at season 15, I'm like, okay, I can't buy, I, I physically can't buy anymore. There's no room on my shelf for these DVDs. So they, yeah. yeah, they take up a lot of space. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And I, and I think quality wise, that's when I stopped. So I was like, okay, I don't need to see any more Simpsons. They I, I love them. Last two seasons are are great. Yeah, I will say, way. as a fan, dedicated lifelong fan, they went through like a hard slump from like twelve to like eighteen, and then they got off yeah. again around like nineteen twenty. And yeah. they kind of have been awesome. I don't know. Too. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. They must have gotten like a new writing team like recently because they are off the charts these days. Well, because really Conan O'Brien came back as producer and I think he writes as well. And the Conan O'Brien oh, okay. seasons were just like gold. Like he was there for seasons mm-hmm. like three and seven or eight, I think. And that's, I mean, those are classics right there. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> we're trying to tell you that the show is good again, right? Let the and Simpsons I'm, I'm back like, into your heart. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I can do it's it. Well worth your time. Uh, Just throw on an episode, Jesus. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I can. So at least at least watch the Treehouse of Horror because then you could talk. You know, spooky seasons. Ooh. If I watch, if I watch uh, the last two seasons of Treehouse of Horror, uh, Matt's will that pardon me from not seeing enough horror the uh, the spooky season? Oh my. Oh my god, yeah. Last year they did a whole Kubrick uh, send-up. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. That was awesome! Oh, it was they, so good. They've always been, they, they, they've always been doing Kubrick. They did a Kubrick... It, it, was a, it was an entire segment of, like... They mixed Barry Lyndon, Clockwork yeah. Orange, Eyes Wide Shut. They really oh my set god, their it, game it was up. It was, it was impressive, yeah. Yeah, it was, that was a great special. Yeah, oh, my. oh, and the year they did the Hitchcock one, too. That was awesome, too. That was a good one too. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, the Simpsons have been killing it. I'll just take your guys' word for it. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of um, 20th Century Fox, I saw uh, a 20th Century Fox <laughs> film called Idiocracy um, last night in a theater. Um, it was for its 10th anniversary. And I'm surprised that Fox well half surprised, half not surprised. I mean it's yes, Idiocracy has become uh a cult film. It's 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 gathered a following. But when it was first released, you know, twentieth century Fox just dumped it, didn't really do much box office. Um it was, it was just there as as a Mike Judge movie uh yeah. tends to be. Mm-hmm. Uh that's the trend for Mike Judge. In his films, Office Space, Idiocracy, and even Extracts. I, I think I'm the only person in America who saw that in a the theater, um, mm. and I, I loved it. I, I can't wait to the, I can't wait for the reappraisal of Extracts, which will be coming up <laughs> shortly, I guess. But <laughs> three uh, years, yeah, yeah. Uh, Idiocracy, uh, it's it still works. I, I saw this on DVD like. 2009 or something and now seeing it now it's it's it, it, it works and it's scary how much it, it, it still works because um, yes if, if you don't know um, and I, it's Luke Wilson isn't it I, yeah, I, I get the yeah. Wilson's mixed up the one with uh, the dark hair yeah Luke's a dark hair Luke Wilson yes Luke okay, Wilson's too. dark hair so Luke Wilson is a is a is a soldier who gets cryo frozen and and uh, by some mishaps, he skips ahead in time to 
2,505 and everybody in, in society has grown dumber and him being, <laughs> him being, him being of average intelligence these days, he ends up being the smartest person alive, uh, <laughs> uh in 2,505. So, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Alex, have you seen this? Oh, it's brilliant. Um, and like you said, I think the only the only strike against this movie is how how uh, how accurate and poignant it kind of is in a way. <laughs> and just that, like, wow, yeah, we're just gonna get dumber and dumber. And um, yeah, it's pretty. It's it's very telling. But um, yeah, it's hilarious. It's a very funny. What's the name of the show they all watch? It's called Ouch My Balls. Yeah, Ouch My people, Balls. Yeah, <laughs> it's just people getting hit in the nuts. <laughs> That's my favorite show. <laughs> And, and Matt, I can't believe you haven't seen this yet. No, I haven't. I've only seen uh, two Mike Judge movies, so sue me. <laughs> um, Beavis and Butthead jerk. and Office Space. Yes, those are the ones. Those are the ones. Uh, I love uh, but, Beavis and Butthead Do America. That movie's amazing. I, I love Beavis I, I and Butthead. Hope... Was that Alex? I love Beavis and Butthead there, though. I like the Simpsons oh, yeah. came back with a couple extra seasons in like the 2011s, yeah. and they were hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I saw a movie in theaters. That was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. But did you see any of the recent episodes? Well, not recent. It was like a few years ago now, but they did a few come. Oh, yeah, I did. They were, they were pretty good, yeah. Yeah, where they riff on, like, Twilight and Jersey Shore instead of just music videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, it was fantastic. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that yawning means that we're back. Um, that was an abrupt pause in the episode. But we're back because um, this has never happened to me before. Uh, but my main recorder, the one that I record my side on, it stopped working. And that oh. is not a good thing. Okay. And my backup stopped a few minutes ago. And I was panicked because when I saw where the marker was, it was just at 33 minutes. And it, went, it, it was frozen. It just, and I was like, why? Why is this happening to me at this like moment? Half an hour ago. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sorry. That was like an hour ago. I told I told everybody to stop recording to to figure out what was happening, and luckily Alex uh, was recording everything this whole time. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure uh, I already mentioned it in the intro. I'm sure to record later when I edit this. That's quality wise, the audio may dip here and there but hey luckily we're back and everything seems to be in order and for the remainder of the show it will sound like a regular Haycast episode <laughs> yes oh my one would hope I'm so tired <laughs> I don't know <laughs> let's finish this okay here um, put our uh, heads down and power through it okay uh, Matt I sent you a movie I, I rewatched that I don't see on this list so I'm going to mention it real quick because uh, okay. it kind of ties into Idiocracy. It was also shot in Austin, Texas. Because if you don't know, Idiocracy, uh, Mike Judge shot it in Austin, Texas with the help of Robert Rodriguez. Um, oh, yeah. So he did it uh, a couple blocks away from the set for uh, King of the Hill, right? Because that was a real <laughs> documentary show. Yes. Oh, that was Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I got propane in my urethra. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that they changed Mr. Anderson from Beavis and Butted into Hank Hill. Uh, that that always made me smile. <laughs> and, uh, slam dunk. 
Oh, I, I should also say with Idiocracy before we, we, move, we move on from there. Um, at the Draft House, because yes, I saw it at the Draft House. Uh, of course was, you did. Yes, obviously. It was for the 10th anniversary, and Mike Judge, Terry Crews, and Maya Rudolph did a, a uh, live Q&A from L.A. that they live-streamed to Draft Houses across the nation. And uh, that's yeah, awesome. It was, it was pretty damn fun. Terry Crews... Is a delight. I mean, if we didn't know this already, this is like further proof. Um, yeah, I love that guy. He, he his, uh, his his TV show is really good. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't know why he doesn't. Yeah, it's really funny. I don't know why he doesn't have all the Emmys at this point. But he uh-huh. he loves Idiocracy. He loves his his character in it. Uh, President Camacho. That's I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And Matt. Oh my gosh! If you love Terry Crews. You have to see him in this. This he is so funny as is this. He, is he like Brooklyn Nine Nine crazy Terry Crews, or is he um, Old Spice commercial crazy Terry Crews? Oh my god, <laughs> it's like it's. I'm guessing he's like Old Spice Terry Crews. It's it's not at that height of craziness, but it's it's getting okay. there. It's getting there. It's I, I can't properly describe what his character is like. It's it, oh, in the movie, his character is a former pro wrestler, a porn star, and president of the United States. <laughs> of course he is. And how Terry Crews describes his character is, um, and this is kind of eerily prolific, uh, because back in 2005 when they filmed it, he based it on like these um, charlatan, uh, um, what do you call them, uh, people in the church who would always be okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, pastors who would be yeah, the, the televangelists. Yeah, exactly. Who would be loud and would say absolutely nothing, but everybody would love them. You know, does that sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah, think it does. Yeah. So, so Cruz, that's who he based his character on. And man, is this not as ha- have we've already sped up to idiocracy times. It seems like it's, it's, it's scary. Oh. It's spooky. So it's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. Human, human, human bottle of tanning lotion that, you know, he's running for president right now. <laughs> so well, he smells like coconuts and regret. <laughs> <laughs> so that was idiocracy. Um, I hope it's, it gets like a, uh, it gets out there further, like on Blu-ray or something streaming. So more people can see it this year, um, especially before the election. Cause Hey, it's an important film. So, uh, that was shot in Austin, Texas, and my segue there is Blood Simple, which was also shot in Austin. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I rewatched this. I rewatched it uh, courtesy of the Criterion Blu-ray that just came out a few weeks ago. Oh wow, cool! It looks gorgeous. They they did a new 4K scan on it. Um, they how it's I, I saw it at home theater system speakers, and man is. It, it's never looked and sounded better than than this Criterion. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I, I'll just say real quick. Of course, it's like a classic. It's it's one of my favorite Coens. It's the first film they knew what they were doing back then. Um, what I love about this disc though is they uh, there's a lot of Coens talking like on uh, with new interviews and. They interview Francis McDormand. They interview E. Emmett Walsh. They interview uh, uh, Carter Burwell, the 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 composer. Guy, yeah. the composer yes, and the, it's all insightful conversations. I I went through. I spent like the entire night the other night just watching all these interviews and just 
being enthralled by him. Uh, the stories Francis McDormand tells about how, like, to get into, like, a panic in the third act of the film when all this shit goes down, like, she had a crew member, like, hold her and, like, shake her until she was, like, like in a frenzy. And then she realized... Oh, and then yeah, yeah, and then she realized she had to do this for the entire night of, uh, like... <laughs> and, like, and, like, she goes, how am I going to do this? So... What 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 you told Joel Cohen was? Um, I'm gonna just uh, lie under that table for now, okay? <laughs> and I'm gonna gather myself. And Joel uh-huh. and Joel Cohen's like, "It's fine. You do whatever you need to do. Uh, you're yeah, okay." <laughs> and knock yourself out, <laughs> lady. But I thought this story was hilarious because like it like they were both like new to like feature filmmaking and they were just like accepting of each other. It's like okay. Uh, Francis McDormand, you go under this table. You do whatever you need to do to compose yourself, and me, the director, I'll let you do whatever you need to do. So, I I love stories like that. And there's a special feature where uh, the Coens and Barry Sonnenfeld, who was the uh, cinematographer on this movie, they oh, wow they uh, the, the director of Nine Lives. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only so, we got a Nine Lives mention in this special feature, but no, they. They they use one of those uh, those uh, that uh, John Madden has what we write on the video screen. What do you call those things? Uh, uh, the uh, yellow PowerPoint. Pen. Yeah, whatever. They they, they write Patience. they they write with their video markers on the screen. Uh, the three of them, and they just go through an hour of the film, and they just point out like little. It's mostly them complaining about how shitty it looks, <laughs> and it's. Looks so good, <laughs> but it's hilarious. And there's one line that I love that the Coens uh, they said um, that the Coens were like, "Oh, if we did this today, we do it entirely different." And then Barry Sonnenfeld goes, "What? You'd hire Roger?" That's good. Yeah. So uh, it, does the Blu-ray feature an interview with Roderick Janes? Roderick Janes. Who's Roderick Janes? He's their pseudonym for their editor. Oh, he's not real. No, they don't. <laughs> he's oh, yeah. not a real person. Yeah, uh, Steven Soderbergh, yeah. Or whatever the guy's name is. Um, man, Blood Simple rocks, and that, that Criterion Blu-ray is, is incredible. Um, I picked it up as well, and I will go on the record saying that's probably one of my favorite, if not maybe my favorite, uh, Coen Brother. Coen Brothers movie. It's, yeah. it's so damn good. It's definitely up there, and I... I recommend anybody out there. Uh, oh, you know. Oh, here it's called a Telestrator. I had to look it up. Oh, okay. oh that thing. Anyway, they use that. It's pretty cool. Um, it, it it felt like they were gonna use it for the entire movie, but of course, it's like the Coens and Barry Sonnenfeld. They were just goofing around, so they only had like an hour's worth of you know worthwhile material mm-hmm. to put on the disc. So, um, anyway, uh, yes, the disc is worth your time. And hey, next month. What is it, Matt? It's 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 another it's good the Barnes and Noble Criterion sale. Yay! Woo. I recommend Ooh, that's it. when I'll be getting this. Yes, please pick it up. Worth your time. It's a it's a. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, you're gonna love oh, it. So gonna love your treat. Yeah, I am jealous that you are gonna see it first time. And Matt, I'll say this: by the end, I w- it's it becomes. Uh, I'm not gonna sp- I'm not gonna spoil much, but I'm gonna say. It becomes kind of like a horror movie by the end of the, the end of the film. Cool. So yeah, yeah, it, and it's uh, I'm sold. Uh, but yeah, um, I, uh, one more thing, one other story I uh, I liked from you know hearing all these conversations is like, of course they're very much influenced by Sam Raimi and Evil Dead, 
Um, that's mm. that's like a, a huge reason they they were able to finance the movie like they did because Sam Raimi was able to finance the movie like 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 he did. Yeah. Um, and like th- they were talking about how like in Blood Simple they were using techniques that Sam Raimi was was using. There's a shot in Blood Simple. Oh, okay. There's a bla- there's a shot in Blood Simple where they they rush the camera towards like the the actors, right? And they use the same method that uh, that Raimi used on Evil Dead. Like they had a camera on like a long like like a two by four, and they had these two grips just run along mm-hmm. with this camera, speeding it you know across the front lawn into these actors' faces. So, yeah, I I love these behind the scenes stories, and I love how all these great people are interconnected. And yeah, anyway, Blood Simple, I love it. This Criterion, I think. In January, I said um, Inside Lewin Davis was like my favorite Criterion uh, of 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 that time. But now Blood Simple is my favorite Criterion of this time. So hey, I want more Coen Brothers Criterion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the dam's broken for for Coen Brothers. Hopefully, we'll be seeing like Barton Fink and Miller's Crossing coming there. Um, it's just way too cool, and I love Blood Simple so much. It's one of my favorites. It's so so amazing and um there are just so many great tracking shots in that movie and i even love the way like the title informs the style of the movie like it's a very simple movie but it's so not at the same time it's like slow west or something like that you know what i mean where you kind of have this like postmodern meta type um, um intonation from from the name of the movie itself and it's just a one of the best self-assured debuts i've ever seen from anybody oh yeah absolutely and you know what it reminds me of matt thief in terms of yeah okay style and just a a director or directors just knowing what the fuck they're doing in their first movie and just blowing you away so oh so good so yes yeah yeah so that was that was me i'll stop talking for a while um okay (laughs) (laughs) who's next matt me what did you see I oh my god! Uh, so last week when Ian was on, he told us about uh, we had that cool idea for a Blu-ray bonus feature to watch a movie in VHS mode. Yeah. Well, I watched I watched Fender Bender, uh, the new Scream Factory produced uh, slasher film uh, directed by Mark Pavia. Uh, he did uh, Stephen King's The Night Flyer years and years ago, and he finally came back and made this movie, which is a really cool uh, slasher throwback. Um, I watched it in VHS mode, which adds, uh, it turns it into a pan and scan feature. I'm sure the HD transfer looks beautiful, but I didn't watch it in HD. I watched it in VHS quality. Uh, it makes it pan and scan. Uh, it adds tracking lines and like audio pops here and there. Uh, it really makes this movie look like garbage, but uh, it works uh, for the movie. Uh, it's an 80s throwback uh, with a really cool looking villain. He's just known as the driver. Uh, and he's dressed kind of like, uh, if anyone's seen Death Race 2000, he's dressed like Frankenstein, uh, Carradine's Oh, that kind of gimpy face mask thing? Yeah, he wears a gimp mask, basically, yeah. And uh, (laughs) his whole way of getting victims is he'll get into a fender bender uh, with a young woman, and then they'll exchange information, you know, as you do after you get into a little car accident, and then he stalks that person using the information that they just gave her, that they, they just gave him. Uh, it's really inventive. He murders people with, like, a... I don't know you what this thing is. It's like a, a knife that you hold on its side. It's really scary, and it's violent, the way he just, like, guts people in this movie. Um, I, 
I really like this one. It's uh, the side characters are basically you know classic '80s slasher uh, victims, like who gives a shit what their motivations are? They're they're just they're just lambs to the slaughter. Um, but the lead girl in this, Mackenzie Vega, she was on that show, The Good Wife, for many years. She played the daughter on that. Uh, it's really cool that they based this movie. It takes place in New Mexico, so it has to do with a Hispanic family, uh, which I haven't really noticed in a slasher movie before like the the parents like they'll speak spanish to their daughter but there won't be subtitles it's like really interesting the way they they pull it off uh it adds a really cool vibe to this movie and uh the score is great uh the music to it uh the score almost sounds like charles bernstein's score for uh nightmare on elm street uh it's got that crazy like old school 80s synth vibe which I uh, I'm a real fan of and uh, yeah the cinematography from what I could tell from the VHS version is pretty good uh, yeah and I just really I had a great time watching Fender Bender um, Scream Factory decided to finally start producing movies and so cool. they did a they did a really good job with this one and just like Ian said last week the one of the bonus features is a uh, 40 minute uh trailer reel of old school um, horror trailers so it starts off with like you know the trailer for Halloween 2 and then they'll have a movie called Visiting Hours and Bad Dreams uh, it's wild uh, this Blu-ray is well worth uh, getting it's uh, on sale right now I think it's like 17 bucks uh, well worth uh, your money um, definitely support Scream Factory with this one because they did a really, really cool job and I hope that more movies will use a uh, VHS cut uh, as a bonus feature on their Blu-ray because it really adds that cool vibe that these movies deserve to be seen in. Yeah, I loved uh, Fender Bender. I uh, actually have to add it to ranking. I have to do that soon. Just realized that. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm seeing like a little like um, like uh, just a little snapshot of of the villain guy and holy shit, he looks creepy as hell. Oh, he is. He's super creepy, and his way of getting victims is uh, really inventive. I, I like it. It's yeah, that's clever. Really smart. I'll, I'll put this on my list of, of spooky spooky season movies. Here we go. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, uh, if anyone has a Fye anywhere near them uh, throughout the month of October, all of their uh, Scream Factory uh, Blu-rays are on sale. Um, they're all about you know thirty five percent off uh, this month, so go check it out. I was able to get this um, for about uh, fifteen bucks. Awesome. Yeah, and I, and all their other ones are on are on sale as well. So uh, definitely go check it out. I'm sure I'll be picking up one or two of them because there's there's a Fye near me, and uh, I think I'm gonna get uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two and also Demon Knight. I think that's what I'm gonna see. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I know next next week I'll definitely be picking up Carrie and the Thing because they are getting uh, Scream Factory Wait, releases. Are those Ooh. both next week? Yes, they are next Tuesday. Wait, uh, I can't wait for the Thing, Matt. Are you sure? Yes. Are they both out on Tuesday next week? I am both on the eleventh. Oh my! I didn't realize we were here. We were. Mm-hmm. You were here, and then the week after that, which uh, is my birthday, uh, Child's Play comes out, and I can't wait to get that. Hell yeah, yeah. And also, that new uh, Guillermo del Toro Criterion set. Box set, yes. Box sets. So if anybody loves Matt that much to get them... Hi, everyone. (laughs) 
He wants. I'm lovable. He wants all these on on Blu-ray sent to him. And and, yes. and, what's, and hey, no, but next next week is the thing and Carrie and uh, I got to hold them in my hands the other day and they are gorgeous. Ooh. Well, I am right now adding them to my Amazon cart because I, <laughs> I I didn't realize this was happening. So, oh yeah, it's next week, man. <laughs> yeah, um, expect some uh, the thing and Carrie talk in the weeks to come on on Hey, what oh, you yeah. watching? Because uh, it wouldn't be a hey cast if we didn't talk about De Palma. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's be real, folks. Uh, I I I'm gonna try. No, I don't think I can make it. Uh, because we because we're recording Tuesday and it comes out Tuesday. I I might squeeze it in before the recording though. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that was our shout factory shout out for the week. Uh, yeah. what's what's next? Who's seen Pumpkin uh, Seed? What? I think that might be a typo. <laughs> yeah, that's totally a typo. Uh, Alex watched the Stan Winston movie Pumpkinhead. Tell us all about Pumpkinhead. Why? Why'd you type in Pumpkin, pumpkin Seed, man? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, anyway, sorry, Alex. <laughs> oh, that was a uh, that was an autocorrect on my fucking dumbass keyboard. See, so I'm not I'm not the crazy one. It says here Pumpkin Seed was supposed to be Pumpkinhead. But, you're, but you but you are crazy for thinking that there's a movie called Pumpkin Seed. I don't know. There we talk about crazy movies on this show sometimes. <laughs> It could be like a feel-good movie, like the pumpkin seed in your heart. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. It It grows vines and strangles you. Uh, Tell us all about Pumpkinhead. Dude, Pumpkinhead rocks. Um, (laughs) Yes, it does. It's so cool. Um, It was one of those funny movies that, like, my uncle who would babysit us was, like, take us to the video store when we were kids and we'd rent cool, crazy movies. And that was, like, you know, a good introduction to, like, you know, a lot of cool stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's always talking about Pumpkinhead, Pumpkinhead. And with a title like that, you don't forget it. And then, you know, you get the VHS in your hand and you have this, like, badass picture of this cool monster that's, like, it's not Alien, it's not Predator, it's not Jason, or it's not uh, Freddy. What is it? It's Pumpkinhead. And um, we were just knocked out. It's just, like, this quick little rock and roll movie where... You know, um, Lance Henriksen is a is a great loving dad, and his uh, cute little kid gets rubbed out by a bunch of shitty, reckless teenagers with dirt bikes. Yeah, they're pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, they're dicks. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, he summons the spirit of Pumpkinhead, and Pumpkinhead's a big, freaky looking um, xenomorph esque, uh, um, you know, Avenger of the uh, Avenger of the Willing, and uh, yeah, he, uh, he he gives them their comeuppance, but. It's great because it's like Pumpkinhead isn't out there to like give you a new philosophy or or blow your mind. It's just there to like have fun. Like Pumpkinhead, yeah, here. exactly. You're gonna kill some dickheads and you're gonna watch it and it's gonna be cool. And like you know that scene where like you know he doesn't like there's no crazy you know mind bending things, but you know he'll take somebody and climb up a tree and then drop them on a rock. That's how he kills people. Yeah, Pumpkinhead's really brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like basically brutal, which is what I love. Like it's so primal and badass. So pumpkin, I just it, it gets a lot of attention. It should get involved. That's where I'm at with that. It's so yeah, fun. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the creature design. I mean, Stan Winston is amazing. Uh, yeah, it's such a cool none of design. his none of his creature designs were ever disappointing, and it's really cool that he directed this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. He just ran with it, and like you can tell, he just like had a lot of affection for the creation and does a lot of cool shit with it 
Uh, yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm gonna think I'm gonna pick up the uh, Scream Factory Blue tomorrow. Yeah, that's what started it off. Is that like I was leaving the record store I mentioned earlier, and uh, I couldn't make up my mind as to what to buy. And I've yeah. been asking Pumpkinhead for like the past year, and I was like, Ah, Pumpkinhead! <laughs> I can't go wrong <laughs> with Pumpkinhead. So yeah, see Pumpkinhead and and get that Blu-ray because um, it's 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 amazing. I can't wait. I might pick up that, and I might pick up Blood Wings. So we'll see. Ooh, Blood <laughs> That's Pumpkinhead 2 for the uninitiated. I think I've seen that, but not Pumpkinhead 1. Oh, Pumpkinhead 1's great. It's so cool. Movie. So cool. I should check it out for a spooky season. It's guaranteed fun. Yeah, Pumpkinhead's awesome. Uh, speaking of spooky, uh, would you watch Marcella? <laughs> this is <a> terrible <laughs> segue. Um... I uh, speaking of Bill Cosby, what'd you say? Oof. Uh, what? <laughs> oof. Birth of a Nation. Okay, tell us all about this movie. 2016. Birth of a Nation. Oh yeah, I mean, not that's not 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 the 1915 version. Not not the not the Griffith version. Okay, no. <laughs> what you watch? Not the one directed by a troubled director. Oh wait, no. This is this one is also um. Ha. <laughs> so I let's start there, but I'm not going to get into it. If you don't know the story behind Nate Parker and the controversy surrounding him, Google it. As your cave. <laughs> Google it. Uh, look on Twitter. Do a quick, quick Twitter search, and I'm sure it'll pop up. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into all that mess, but I tried to come in. I try to come into this with open mind. Um, first off, I saw it at a press screening, so I didn't pay for this. Uh, I'll make that clear. Uh, and if you don't know the story, it's it's about a slave rebellion based on true story back, back in 1831. Um, and Nate Parker, he directed this. He wrote it. Okay. He stars in it. And he, okay. he plays the 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 leader of this uh, slave rebellion, and okay. um, it's an important story. I'll say that right off the bat. It okay. I, I, I in terms of knowing history, learning about this time period, I think it's essential. But that's not a full rec- a full recommendation on my part. I think mm-hmm. this movie is a bit heavy-handed at times too much so uh, stylistically uh, um i don't know it, it just overdoes it and sure uh, it's you know the source i mean of course with the source material you know that it's going to be brutal imagery and 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 it's supposed to slam me in the head but the visuals man it, it i wish it were directed by a different person okay when you have okay. when, when you have something like 12 years a slave that pretty much dealt with these themes head on and really didn't fall into pull no punches yeah pull no punches I really didn't fall into the heavily cliched you know themes that we we've mm-hmm. seen with these kind of movies it's you know for lack of a better word that's refreshing for a movie to do that with 12 Years a Slave but then to go back to this with Birth of a Nation where it it's a this is hard for me to say it's it's a typical you know, uh, gotcha. Yeah, it, it's a typical movie in this yeah. in this genre, and that's kind of unfortunate because uh, uh, 
like a few months ago, people made a joke that this the trailer made it seem like that movie that Chris Rock was in in uh, yeah, Top Five. I made that joke. Yeah. I made that joke. This looks like that fake movie in Top 5. It's hard not to think about that when there are scenes basically set up in this movie to give Nate Parker a platform to pretty much act his ass off. Okay? Uh, So it is the movie from Top 5. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, the story is important, and it, it... But it keeps falling in those traps where, oh, God, this is... That type of movie, where I've se- it could have used a better filmmaker. I've seen it. I've seen it many times before, and unfortunately, it could have been done a lot better. So yeah, that's Birth of a Nation for me. It's it's, I'm conflicted on it. I mean, I'm having hard, a hard time talking about it, but I think I don't know if I can recommend this. The name of that the name of that fake the name of that fake movie was Uprise. By the way, <laughs> it's pretty that much sounds so legitimately fake and perfect. Yeah, yeah. So see, that's the thing with like. I mean, I don't want to sound like a dick or anything, but I feel like with with movies like this, it's like slapping you in the face and saying, like, this is important. How dare you not love this? You know, and, um, you know, uh, you know, they're really good movies about the subject. Not good, but, you know, powerful, um, you know, uh, sustained films like 12 Years of Slave, I thought was a masterpiece. But at the same time, um, I'm not going to watch it again because it's it's a very unpleasant experience, and it's not that I'm turning a blind eye to history; it's just that I'm turning a blind eye to an unpleasant film film experience. Um, yeah, 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 and and yeah. I mean, this I I'm pretty sure I'm never going to see this again. But yeah, there's right. there, there's a way of doing it where yes, it's it's supposed to be a film that just upsets you. But what also upsets me is, like I said this seems to be tailor-made for for Oscar season. <laughs> for, it's Oscar bait. Yeah. Just, you just want to say it's Oscar bait, but you don't want to use that word. I don't want to use that phrase, but it, it's, it seems like Nate... <laughs> it, it seems like Nate Parker is was really trying to go for it. Like, it, it, he... It's uh, it's like a vehicle for him. It's it's kind of lame. At that, in, in that aspect. Like he produced it, directed, wrote it, and starred in it, which is kind of explains one and the other. Like if you produced it, then you can direct it, then you can write it, then you can appear because <laughs> you know you're yeah. putting up the most support. <laughs> and I hate to make I, I hate to keep making the Twelve Years a Slave comparison, but in that movie, it seemed like there were performances, you know, from uh, like everywhere. Like everybody in that film was just there to give the best performance of their life. Mm-hmm. But in this, you know, the one shining star, for his sake, is Nate Parker, uh, and and there are like other characters in it, but they are not given like the right amount of of uh, like they're not given the right moments as as much as Nate Parker's. I mean, Army Hammer is in this for God's sakes, and he yeah. is forgettable, uh, which is a damn shame. Um, ja- oh. <laughs> I think we talked about this off mic. Uh, J- Jackie Earl Her- Haley is in this, playing a bad okay, guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah Man, I discussed him in the Nightmare on Elm Street re- remake. Um, it, that was not on mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, Gabrielle Union's in this, and she played Chris Rock's wife in Top Five, <laughs> and she's barely in this. So where do you think they got the idea for this movie from? Uh, it's top five. 
<laughs> hey, Penelope Ann Miller from Relic is in this. Yeah. Um, oh, Relic. oh, boy. And isn't it weird that I just know her from Relic? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah. The other movie of 1990, whatever. I love that movie. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I mean... Peter Hyams. This... It's hard for me to say don't see this movie because, like I said, I keep emphasizing it's an important topic. But yeah, I wish... But it's not a good movie. When there's a scene that is just so... It's like, oh, oh my God. There's, there's framing in it that's just like, just makes me roll my eyes. That's just so blatant. It's like, look at this cool visual, this cool, uh, visual thing I'm doing. It's like, it's like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Like... But hey, let's talk about a good filmmaker. Let's talk about John Carpenter. Uh, uh, <laughs> Alex, you talked about some John Carpenter. What'd you watch? I really like John Carpenter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just turned into a, a pimply-faced teenager for a second. Um, so this weekend when I went to um, to the awesome record store, I got uh, a the uh, Shout Screen Factory Blu-ray of Prince of Darkness, and I had a pre-existing copy of The Fog, which I also rewatched in concert with uh, my new purchase of Prince of Darkness. And, oh man, I love Prince of Darkness. And, oh man, do I love The Fog even more. I would I go as far as... Oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, isn't The Fog your favorite of his? It is my favorite. It is officially crowned and will will remain as my favorite for, for all time. It's just that damn good. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about Prince of Darkness on the show. Uh, tell us about this movie. Prince of Darkness is a bonkers movie directed by John Carpenter where um, a presence of the Antichrist is trapped in a bottle of green goo in the basement of a church in what I assume is Los Angeles. Yes. And the uh, Chinese guy from Big Trouble in Little China um, mm-hmm. uh, with allied with uh, Donald Pleasance and some uh, plucky grad students have to um, abide by uh, and not uh, and prevent the end of the world from happening. Yeah. It's, it's a big get... mess but it's beautiful and, plus, and awesome. And plus you get Donald Pleasance with an X. It's awesome. Yeah. Scooper with a bike frame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcelo, have you seen this movie? Prince of Darkness? No, I have not. Oh, it's so good. I need to, yeah. It's so weird and strange, and I can't put my finger on it, and I just I love it even more so for that. And I'm not just fanboy goggle thing. It. It's, it, it's, it's <laughs> that strange and weird. I love it. Uh, but yeah, The Fog. Uh, how good is the fog? My goodness! Oh my god, the fog is just as close to perfect as can be. I would say. I came to realize that like John Carpenter is just one of those directors that you just get so much more from him than than other other directors um, who are you know claimed as genre filmmakers and. Uh, hmm. You know he's taking his cues from he's 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 uh, he wears his influences on his sleeve, but not in a jokey, um, winking kind of way. You know he's paying tribute to Hawks and Hitchcock and stuff. I mean he did as he went as far as to remaking uh, Rio Bravo, which Hawks made three times in himself. And uh, and uh, the fog is just like this um, 
amalgamation of his appreciation for cinema and you get this like classic mold of a, of a ghost story along with you know um homicidal pirate ghosts and how awesome is that you oh get a, yeah <laughs> you get a moody atmospheric ghost story and you know pirate ghosts dream barbeau yeah and jamie lee <laughs> yeah you and jane and janet lee and Janet Lee, and they're running the town. You get this like feminist allegory with like a bunch of badass horror stuff. It's so good. And Tom Atkins and Hal Holbrook. Yeah, this this whole movie's amazing. It's so good. And the dude uh, that plays priest. I should know this, but um, what's his face? Who? Hal Holbrook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deep Throat. Yeah, he is so goddamn good. Um, yeah. And it's like you think, like, oh, how can you make weather scary? And like, yeah, when it when it shrouds a bunch of like murderous leper pirate people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fog yeah. can be pretty freaking scary. And it's also got this like um, like chaser taste of like you know one of those outbreak paranoia movies of like you know invasion of the body snatchers or or something like you know yeah. where everyone's against you and you're kind of fucked. It's so so good. Yeah, when the fog is coming up on Adrian Barbeau in the lighthouse, it, I got chills. Oh my goodness! It's so it's so terrific, and like the way they set it up with her being a DJ and stuff. She's like a the, this like Greek chorus that can coordinate with every, all the characters in the town. Yeah. it's a brilliantly conceived screenplay. I would say it's, it's John Carpenter's best. I mean, I can understand why Halloween is is there and uh, in the thing and all these other great movies, but. The fog is just you get so much out of that movie. I I, I can't I can't think of uh, I can't think of anything else as a placeholder. It's so goddamn close to perfect. Uh, Marcel, have you seen this? No, I need to see it. Ah, pick up that Scream Factory. It's on sale. Oh, then this should be top of your list to get the fog. It is uh, really really cool, uh, and I love like the the bookends of the movie where you know it's a guy telling a story around a campfire to some kids. Right. It's it adds like a really cool uh, cool feel to the whole the whole experience. I'm not sure how much it is at Fye, but at Best Buy it's 13 bucks. Then you should go yeah. buy it there. Yes. Worth every penny. I'll check that out. This like kind of like a like Americana like folky feel from it, but it's also got this like peeled from like a Mr. James like Victorian like horror story novel of like uh, of uh, you know creepy historical intrigue. It's so goddamn cool. Yeah, I love the fog. Yeah, I can't I can't speak of it too highly. It's a terrific film. Speaking of films, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> you you could speak too highly of maybe too much so uh matt you saw yeah. you, you saw some films by a filmmaker who we've discussed on the show semi recently yeah uh i did <laughs> you seem so you, you seem so far away where, where, where'd you go matt I, I i saw some movies yeah uh what did you see Oh boy. Um well this past weekend I decided to finally watch Kevin Smith's Tusk. Ooh. And I and I watched Tusk three times over the weekend. I watched it Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Uh the last time I watched it, I watched it with the commentary. And uh so yeah, I watched Tusk three times this weekend. And it's something. 
it's something else. I think uh, the first time I saw it, I I I wasn't so sure on it. I was like, "Is this how you make a horror movie?" I don't know. Uh, this is mo- this movie's a joke, right? And so then I listened back to uh, one of Kevin Smith's podcasts, you know, where they conceived this, and yeah, the movie's a joke, and. I really love this movie. Uh, yeah, I love Tusk. Uh, you might all want to like unsubscribe to the show right now, because Matt loves Tusk. So sue me. Uh, I want to see if man is truly a walrus at heart. Uh, this movie is uh, really something else. It does things that other horror movies don't do. It gives you a... Uh, this might be a detriment to, to most people, but I think it's a real plus. Uh, it gives you a protagonist who is a complete garbage human piece of shit. Uh, Justin Long plays a podcaster named Wallace. Get it? Walrus, the walrus. Get it? It's it's, it's a it's a joke. Large. And he's got a mustache that looks like a walrus. Get it? Get it? Um, but no, he's a real garbage human. Uh, he hosts this really shitty podcast uh, that's really mean-spirited. Uh, does nothing but cheat on his girlfriend. So he's a piece of shit right there. And he goes to Canada to interview some kid who cut off his leg in a viral video, you know, to make fun of him because he's a piece of shit. And, yeah, Justin Long is a garbage human. And he answers an ad in a paper by Michael Parks, uh, who people would know from, you know, uh, Red State and Tarantino movies. And... Yeah, and Michael Parks basically turns him into a walrus man. Spoilers. Uh, he turns him into a human walrus. Uh, it's kind of like the human centipede, except uh, better than the human centipede, because that movie is reprehensible in all ways. Uh, this movie's just, you know, reprehensible in some ways. And uh, yeah, there's uh, this movie, uh, it sticks with you. It's something. Uh, the walrus effects are awesome. Uh, in, uh, if you haven't seen it, picture picture in your mind uh, Leatherface Walrus, and that's what you see in this movie. You see Justin Long in a in a Leatherface Walrus outfit that's made from like human faces, and yeah, Tusk is something else. It's kind of like a fever dream where you don't know what's going on, but it just happens to you. Uh, for me, in a good way. And hey, Johnny Depp's in it. And he's drunk in all the scenes that he made. So there's that. And yeah, it's it's. I enjoy it. I enjoy it quite a bit. I enjoy Tusk. Um, yeah, that's that's my take on Tusk. I re- I really really enjoy that. I know the movie was made as a joke. It's not to be meant to be taken seriously at all. Uh, and you can if you want. But hey, just uh, uh, go along for the ride and watch the Walrus Man do his walrus thing. It's Tusk, ladies and gentlemen. I, I I don't know I don't know what to say. I don't know. <laughs> Alex, what do you think of Tusk? I you know what's funny? All my cackling and giggling, and I haven't seen it. I just kept picturing the the crash <laughs> rolling with like quotations of like Walrus Department, <laughs> and, like the special effects credits, <laughs> and that just cracked me up. Um. No, I, I, I have not seen Tusk. I look forward to seeing it because it just sounds fucking bonkers. And bonkers equals good around, around here, I like to think. And, uh... <laughs> Matt, do you want to discuss the other Kevin Smith film you saw? I actually wanted to ask uh, Alex about Red State because he's seen that one. Ooh, uh, Red State is very fucking cool. I like that movie a whole ton. Um, yeah, I was not expecting... 
to like it because I had kind of fallen out of love with Kevin Smith over the past few years. Because same here, same here. Yeah, I feel like you kind of grow out of him in a way. In that, like, you know, he, he's really. I just feel like there's a, a smugness to his comedies. They're a little too self-assured. And um, and then when I found out that he was doing a horror film, I was like, well, if it's going to be anything like his comedies, it'll be too self-assured and, and what have you. But um, but it really took a turn, and it got really hard and really nuts, and it took a whole like Waco direction that it really took to a lot, because I find cults and crazy shit like that fascinating, and they really captured that kind of nutty yeah. extremist essence like to almost perfection i'd say and michael parks yet again amazing yeah. in that movie. he's great in it and john goodman's awesome in it oh it's, uh, yeah it's it's a it's really scary it scared the shit out of me i'll tell you that um because you know what scares me in real life the westboro baptist church and uh this yeah. movie is very much that uh applied to a horror movie which uh isn't that far from real life yeah, it's not much of an exaggeration. Which is sad and scary. And scary. <laughs> I saw Kevin Smith's latest movie. Um, if you go to his website, you can stream this off of a website called FlixFling for five bucks. Uh, so I watched Yoga Hosers, which uh, oh. James and Marcelo talked about a few weeks ago, and uh, Marcelo hates it. Uh, that's that's fine. Um, myself, I had a good time watching this thing. Uh, it's garbage. It's but I had good time with it. It's good garbage for me. Uh, the two leads, I, I enjoyed them. Uh, they made me laugh quite a few times. Um, I was entertained, and plus Johnny Depp comes back as the same character as uh, Guy Lapointe, uh, the Quebec detective, and uh, he's a lot of fun. And by the end of the movie, he has about forty moles on his face, which can't be explained. <laughs> Because he starts off the movie with one mole on his nose, and by the end of the movie, he has about you know fifteen of them, all just covering his face, and they never mention it. It's a it's a really fun little visual gag that they throw in, and yeah, sure, there's some moments where I'm watching this movie, I'm like, what am I watching? Uh, but then it'll pick itself right back up uh, a couple minutes later. Uh, it's basically a millennial version of Clerks, uh, where they fight you know little Nazi sausage men. So that's a movie that happens and yeah it's 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 not great but i really liked it <laughs> so is like johnny depp's character kevin smith and kevin smith's answer to like inspector clouseau or something that's kind of how like i picture like a bumbling detective Ooh. he's a really drunk guy okay all right yeah <laughs> who speaks in like a weird french accent it's he, he's so bizarre uh but i did uh it was really nice to see um, him have an extended sequence with his daughter on screen, who's the co-star in this. And I don't know, that just made me smile. I was like, "Oh, she's with her dad, and they're making a movie together." This is that's cute. Not unlike uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, you know Jamie in the Fall. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, then her and her uh, mom made movies together. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your daughter to work day. Yeah, well, yeah. This movie stars uh, Johnny Depp's daughter and Kevin Smith's daughter, so so that's the thing. No. But yeah, no, I I had a good time. Uh, if you get the chance to, it's 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 worth five bucks. All right. And the soundtrack's really good. But moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we can end the show. Thanks, Alex, for coming on episode forty. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. If I, if I lose all my credibility with my walrus enthusiasm. 
no. <laughs> I hope I gave this. You were on a momentous episode. They're wonderful creatures. They're wonderful creatures. At least one of us lost our mind through this yeah. whole thing. <laughs> Just one. Indeed. Um, before we let you go, Alex, plugs. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me online. Uh, I'm on the uh, the Twitter at uh, crabnebula1914. And um, I also contribute to BattleshipPretension.com and occasionally to FilmInquiry.com and soon enough to our own website here, .com. <laughs> TalkFilmSociety.com. <laughs> it's coming soon. You'll, you'll read some of Alex's stuff. I can't wait. Uh, Matt, Mr. Managing Editor of TalkFilmSociety.com. Uh, That's me. Plugs. Whoa. Where can the people listening find you online? As usual, you can find me on Twitter at the real Matt C. Uh, you can also find me on Letterboxd under the same name to make sure I'm not lying about what movies I've seen. And you can also find Alex and I over on Facebook at facebook.com/groups/pixelsandreels. It's a lot of fun. Do it, folks. More um, reels. As for me, follow me on my personal account at Marcelo J Pico. For classy tweets that may or may not contain Jessica Chastain. Um, <laughs> also follow the Talk Film Society at TalkFilmSOC. TalkFilmSociety.com, coming soon. If you click on it now, it's a shitty Tumblr page. But soon it'll be a. <laughs> it won't be. Soon it'll be. Soon, soon it won't, won't be. be. Soon it'll be a page filled with film writing, all of our podcasts, over 100 podcasts. That that the the talk from society has done all of the all of the Haycast episodes, all of the talk from society podcast episodes, Colorado Streets, uh, the podcast where it happens, the Die Hard podcast, all of those, all the specials, they'll all be on there, and yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So check that out soon. I'll make an official announcement as to when it'll be up and running. But as for now, just wait, just wait, and that's it. Alex, thanks again. Hey, thank you. I had a great time. You guys so, are awesome. So good. Uh, glad to have you on. Yes, we are. Glad to have glad to have you on on episode ten and episode forty. Come back for episode four hundred. In increments of ten. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> episode four hundred. My God, I'll be dead by then. And on that note, it's time for a signature catchphrase, Matt. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Thanks for listening, folks, and keep on watching walrus noises. Mm-hmm.